0: How do we grow as Christians? At Bellwether we want to raise leaders for Christ. This month our sermon series is called Raise as we want to give you specific ways to grow in your walk with Christ. Join us on a Sunday morning as we raise leaders for Christ. would just continue knowing you as a god and a savior that uh, we would not fear we'd not fear to cross any borders we know you as a savior where we could find and really have truly have rest so many of us are just plain tired but that we'd look to you jesus as our rest as our shield as our protector. And we'd really believe that you can do great and powerful and supernatural things in this world and in our lives. And sometimes that means healing relationships. Sometimes that means just us having the capacity to forgive or let go of the past or fight the battle of spiritual warfare. Fight with prayer and with faith and with mentors. We can do that when our focus is on you, Jesus. So may by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the power of your church, push away things that distract and let us see you for who you are as Savior, as Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Y'all can have a seat. And uh, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Luke. Luke chapter 23. If you don't have a Bible, you're welcome to grab one on the back table. Luke chapter 23, I'm going to read verses 32 through 43, what is a very, very familiar passage in that it is Jesus on the cross, and it's talking about the two criminals that were beside him, and talking about several uh, things that he said on the cross, so a lot of y'all have heard it, usually we read it around Easter time, Good Friday, but the Lord led me to it today. And the reason he did is we're doing this series called Raise. And it's specifically tied to our mission as a church, which is raising leaders. And, you know, we have thought and prayed over the years about how to do that. And we came up with a way where we call it Raise, but each letter represents a step that we encourage all of us to take to be raised as a leader for Christ. Last week, we talked about R, Rise with God our inner spiritual life our devotional life looking into god's word today we move to a and this letter for us means affirm our family all of us want to feel part of a family and sometimes it's not like our uh, what they say you know the nuclear family and you know, a wife husband two three kids minivan or maybe no minivan But, you know, sometimes our family can be our friends, but our church is meant to be a family. So we want to affirm the family here, as we're doing today. But we also want to affirm the families that are here. The marriages, the fathers, the mothers, the brothers and sisters. We want to do that uh, today. So let's look at this passage and let's see what it says for us as a family and for your family. Luke Chapter 23, verse 32, and again, this is Jesus on the cross. Two others who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments, and the people stood by watching read that passage, and I ask myself, how can we as a church affirm our family? How can we affirm your family? And the Lord, as He led me to this passage, He led me to some thought on the ways that we can truly affirm the family. The first would be simply to forgive. Forgive. Jesus here, as He is in the utmost pain and agony, physically, spiritually, He looks down on those who taunt Him and He forgives those who are killing Him. He forgives them. I say forgive because unforgiveness destroys. Let me me just say that again if it's not clear enough unforgiveness in our hearts destroys. It destroys relationships. It can destroy marriages. I believe it can destroy organizations, churches, when unforgiveness is rampant. And it can start, I mean, very easy, easily, with just little simple things, comments, conversations. We can, as we say, take offense. Tell you a story My wife and I, you know, talking about families. Let me go here with the marriage. A couple weeks back, I know y'all know where this is going. A couple weeks back, we had uh, our Honduran prayer service. A powerful night here. Uh, This was a couple days before Team 1 went to Honduras. You know, we prayed, uh, we sang. A lot of people that were going stood up and just shared what they were looking for, or what they were praying for. It was awesome. I mean, it was like, I mean, I, I love the word supernatural. I mean, I throw it out a lot, but I mean, I really mean it. And, you know, I just felt the Holy Spirit and was on this, this supernatural spiritual high. And then I go home. And I go home, and my wife wasn't able to be here. You know, she does, you got three kids, and man, you know, moms, I mean, y'all... Linda's like, man, if we could just trade one day. We could just trade for one day. And I, I will say amen to that. So love our moms. She's smiling, not smirking yet. But anyway, we will uh, we'll see. So I get home. I'm not going to say everything about that night. Don't worry about it. Um, but I get home, and she's had a bad day. And, you know, I'm just looking, you know, as a guy, and, and I, you know, obviously I'm a pastor, so this is my profession. It's been a good day, it's been a good night. You know, just want some encouragement, like, you know, rah, rah, yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, she's just had a bad day. And uh, so the encouragement, not, not only the encouragement is not there, but, you know, I mean, no real warm fuzzies, no, um, no real uh, good, like, just conversation, talking, how was your day. It was, it was pretty much, you know, she had a bad day, I came in, was looking for it, wasn't there. Then that goes down into my heart, and I start getting offended at her and thinking in my mind, you know, man, couldn't she just be more encouraging? me? She didn't even show up, you know, at the, at the thing, and now I come home, do not support him. We were going to Honduras, can't she be praying, you know, thinking all those things, Said a few of them, okay, mistake, mistake. <laughs> and, you know, she, on the other hand, is like, you know, I've had a bad day, and, and here's the phrase I love a lot, Okay know emotional availability. Um, Some of you dudes y'all ever heard that? You ever heard that? I'm sure you have or or if you haven't heard it your wife's probably thinking about like you know why aren't you more emotionally available to me you know or to meet my emotional needs she says. And so offense is kind of building up in her heart where you know okay so I'm checked out not emotionally available and so what could have been a great opportunity to love and support one another you know we start getting further and further apart finally we have to get literally further apart because at like 10 30 i'm like all right man i'm gone you know i'm just literally this may shock you i was like man i gotta take a drive you know so i start cruising uh the streets of jackson not the wisest thing to do you know 10 30 at night and let's we love our city but let's be real here and uh you know i'm just cruising and then i get back and i've I've listed some tunes. I'm not going to say what songs I play, but listed some tunes. I get back. Then she says, well, you're staying up all night, go get me a bag of Skittles. I'm like, Skittle? Man, I was like, I just left. Couldn't you have told me that? Couldn't you have told me that 30 minutes ago? You know, now I've got to go back again. I was kind of getting tired. I was coming back, you know. Now I need Skittles. Truth told, she gives Skittles as a reward to our kids, and she needed some for the morning. So, you know, I stepped out. Uh, went to a gas station, again, not a wise thing to do, at 11, 15 p.m. at night, and uh, got a bag of Skittles, came back. Now, at that point, you know, we'd kind of cooled off. We started talking about this, but, and we forgave one another, and, you know, about 1 a.m., we were kind of getting ready for bed. Now, I, I use that illustration because I could, I could tell you about, like, big bombs that go off in marriages, but little things happen that breed offense, and then unforgiveness. And you can just, you know, get further and further. Jesus calls us to forgive. And I believe he calls us to forgive quickly. Now, now how do we forgive? Um, I think we forgive. You know, when, we, when we're living and talking in unforgiveness, our emotions, hear me on this. This is really, because this, this spoke to me, okay? Our emotions are driving us. Forgiveness starts really with the intellect. I mean, we have to choose to forgive, and our emotions follow our intellect. See, on the other side, it's like unforgiveness. It's just all emotions. We're, we're mad, we're angry, we're offended. And, and they drive us. I remember my dad always told me, you know, do not let your emotions control you. Now, it, it is powerful to get emotional and all that, and I, I, I value that, but especially if we want to forgive... We have to choose it. And our minds, our intellect, literally have to be first and then drive our emotions to the point where I believe that we can let it go. You know, often folks will say, hey, well, I can forgive, but I'm not going to forget. That just doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, because if you really don't forget, I mean, you're still holding it. You're, You're still remembering. You're remembering the offense, or you're remembering the event, or you're remembering the season that was such a bad time, or, you know, the relationship break. Again, we've we got to choose to forgive. And we've got to force our minds, our intellect, to choose that first where our emotions drive it. And the only way, I think, that we can is in Jesus. Because we see that when he, again, was in agony, facing death, being taunted, he forgave. If he could do that then, you know, surely we can take a step consciously, yes, even intellectually, to forgive. And that's the step. I always say this when, um, when I do marriage ceremonies. And, you know, we haven't had our first marriage ceremony here. I'm looking forward to that when it happens one day. But I always say, you know, love, and that's great, and it's beautiful, romantic, emotional, but one day soon... You know, everybody's looking good, the groom's handsome, the girl's beautiful. One day soon, you're going to wake up and, you know, the husband's not going to be as handsome. And, you know, everybody's not going to be around celebrating. And you're going to have to, and I say this intentionally, you're going to have to choose love. I'll say that to all of y'all. There may come a day, there may have been many days, you've got to choose love. And when we begin to choose love and forgiveness, we can, I believe, truly let it go. And last thing I'd say on forgiveness, sometimes you've got to forgive yourself. And you've got to choose to forgive yourself. You know, if we look at our lives like, like literally a car, you know, when we're driving, and we're using all of our gas on the past, we ain't going to have no gas for the future. Or a better way of saying it, if you're spending all your time and energy on your history, you have no energy for your destiny. And many of us can spend all of our time past mistakes, past failures, uh, you know, regrets, things you've done. All that Jesus preached forgiveness. Jesus forgave. If you spend it all on your history, there's nothing left for your destiny. You gotta let it go, and you gotta choose to let it go, and choose to forgive. Another way that we can affirm the family, our family, is to fight. Now you might say, okay, forgive, fight. Not necessarily two words that really go together. We need to learn to fight as people, individuals, marriages, uh, families, the right way. I chose this passage too because Jesus is being mocked over and over again. It says, the people stood by scoffing at him. The soldiers mocked him. And they mocked him with that inscription, this is the king of the Jews. Jesus was being mocked, bullied. I say those words because a big issue in our lives, lives of our families and children, is them getting mocked, put down, bullied. You know, and it doesn't stop when we grow up as adults, uh, the mocking, the bullying. And I don't know about you, but I don't like bullies. But it's hard for me to have learned how to uh, fight the right way. Uh, A lot of times I used to fight the wrong way. I'm going to give just one story. There are many, okay? But I'm going to give one. This is in fifth grade, okay? So some of us fifth graders. And, you know, football is coming. And we were at uh, at the high school football game. So this is New Albany. God love you. So New Albany. So just think about North Mississippi, New Albany. I don't know if you've been there. Hometown, fifth grade, and, you know, it always is, is interesting that usually the littlest dude, you know, has the biggest mouth. You ever, you ever found that out? You tracking with me? A, a lot of times. And so there's this little guy, and he had been mocking me over and over again, and the biggest way he mocked me, he called me a name, I'm going to share it with you all, he called me Pug, because Pug knows, okay, like pig knows, okay, it does, it, it runs in the family, so if you can imagine, you know, going around school, pug, 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 pig nut, you know, pug, all that. And then he, uh, this guy really had an artistic gift, and he drew a lot. And he would draw, mean, mean, okay, still working on that forgiveness deal. But he would draw pictures of all the classmates, and, you know, I'd be on there. So he'd draw a round face and just like a pig snout on it. And then he'd pass around the class, I mean, you know, mean and all. Now, now I wasn't the only one, but... Uh, and if you want to call me Pug, I mean, that's fine. It's, you know, no offense on it. But, okay, so we're at a football game, right? And he starts getting up his annex, and, you know, he's right in my face. I mean, not like, you know, you want to fight or something like that, but, you know, like, you know, Pug, ha, huh, Pug, Pug. And I noticed that, that he has got this, you know, just straight up, he liked to dress well, even in fifth grade. So a, a nice, you know, just bleach white polo shirt. And I had in my hand, a bright red strawberry snow cone, and I just heard pug enough, and poured it, you know, on his head, you know, on his shirt, not the right decision, I know, but still kind of proud of it, but anyway, you know, (laughs) poured it on, you know, smart, quick thinking, shirt, snow cone, so then, you know, he's about yay high, you know, from where I was, he's like, man, let's go back to the bleachers, meet me there, you know, back of the bleachers, you know, more room in New Albany, we had, we on a field, you know, and all that. So, we went behind the bleachers, next couple of minutes, and anyway, you know, he, he didn't call me pug again at, for a long time after that, and we, but it wasn't anything bad or big, but we did go back there, and like, you know, it was like a fight, you know, a real fight, and so, again, that's one out of many that, that I did not make uh, the right choices. Now, the The rest of the story is, it ended up well. I was actually best man in this guy's wedding. Loved him to death. We laugh about it now. But a lot of those times, you know, you don't laugh about after And you make mistakes. So when I say, you know, like, you know, fight the right way, um, you know, how do we do that? Because I don't like bullies. And bullying is an issue. And mocking is an issue. So, like, like, what do we do? Well, three quick things that I would say that we can... Affirm the family. Affirm one another. The first is just fight with faith. I want to read a passage in Psalm 3. Psalm 3. Um, And you could just write down Psalm 3. It's not going to be up on screen. But this is a passage when David was being mocked, really run out of town. And hear what he says. Verse 3. You, O Lord, are my shield. You are the lifter of my head. I cried aloud to the Lord and he answered me. I lay down and slept. I woke for the Lord sustained me. Listen, I will not be afraid of many thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. Save me, O God, for you, listen to this, strike all my enemies on the cheek. You break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing be on your people to really believe and have faith that the Lord fights for us. I mean a real faith, a gripping faith, that, that we don't take offense so easily, that the Lord is fighting for us. But then we can fight in a, in a more practical way by having real friends of the faith and mentors who are encouraging and loving and really steering us. And I say that because our youth, okay, our youth program, our youth, 5th grade, 7th grade, ninth grade, Man, hear me clearly on this. We need some men. Let me say that again. We need some men. Could, could I get like 12 men and say I'm going to invest in bellwether youth and I'm going to be there on Sunday night because these youth are dealing with things like mocking, like bullying. Hopefully, God forbid, we don't got any bullies, but seeds get started and planted and we need some good, godly men, to start shepherding our youth. So I say that, I preach that, and, and I pray that God puts a seed in 12 men's hearts. Okay? 12 men. Maybe, maybe there's more. But talk to me after this, okay? I'm making a call here. You're just about to start up 12 men. Our youth need you to fight the right way, to talk about these things you're dealing with. And the last thing, faith. Faith in God. Friends. Of the faith. Simple prayer. Talked about this a lot more last week in Rise with God and look in the Bible. But praying. And pray in this prayer. Somebody told me this and it really spoke to me. Because look, man, we get mocks, bullies. Pray that you live your life with no hooks. Here's what I mean by that. I'm not a fisherman. You all got you know, fisherman here, you got a hook. You know, there's a hook. Hook. You catch the fish. And sometimes we are walking around in our lives. Just like hooks, not literally, but spiritually sticking out everywhere. And so somebody says a comment, it hooks on us. And we can't shake that comment. Somebody does something, it's hooked. And so we walk around in our lives just carrying this load of offense and mockings and things people have said. Pray to live with no hooks. Because things are going to be thrown at us. And it just, just falls off. That can happen. That's fighting the right way in prayer, with friends and mentors, with faith. Last thing we can do to affirm the family, and this is the most important. There's forgive. There's fight the right way. There's focusing. There's focusing on Jesus Christ. The end of this passage in Luke, what happens? There are two people with two choices. They can look at the situation they are in or they can look at Jesus. Not a great situation. Hanging from a cross. Know they're going to die. And one of them looks at that situation and really chides and rebukes Jesus. And the other one is humble. Focuses on Jesus that he can save him. He says, remember me. There's faith to say that. Remember me, Lord, when you come into your kingdom. Had faith that he was a king. We can focus on Jesus. And the reason I say focus is because so often we're not focusing on Jesus at all. And so as a church, uh, literally as a preacher, but as leaders, how we affirm the family, focus on Jesus. Focus on Jesus instead of the good stuff. And here's what I mean by this, and it's hard, especially right now. You're going back, going back to school. How was your summer? Fantastic. Fantastic. You know, went here, went there. And then we are, you know, we can start focusing on, well, man, you know. My life, you know, ain't that great. You know, I didn't go to, you know, wherever. I mean, I could start naming a place. You know, I didn't get to go to that camp, you know. My summer wasn't slam packed, you know, with just good times all around and, you know, joyful events and celebration. Look where you're going here and there. And we hear that as we're going back to school. How was your summer? Fantastic. Or even worse, you know, again... Praying for no hooks, you know, fabulous. You know that word. Oh, it's fabulous. You know, you know, went here, did this, all that. And you can say, "Oh man, I'm, you know, I'm missing out here," or, or you know, just look on Facebook. You know, all the good times that people are having, all the good times, and you know, that envy can build, and and you know, focus on Jesus, even instead of the good times. Focus on Jesus in the bad situations, and and you might say, "Well, man." It, that's easy, you know, it's a bad situation, it's a, a trial, it's a challenge. Of course you're going to focus on Jesus. Not always. now what happens is we get focused in on, on the bad stuff or the challenge or the trial. And we just, you know, we, we like nest or live in that challenge. I'll use an example in my life this week, okay? Big challenge had come up, big trial emotionally, spiritually. I don't know about you, but... A lot of times when I get the most physically exhausted and emotionally exhausted is when I sleep the least, you know? I don't know if you're tracking with me on that. But, like, I just can't sleep and I'm completely worn out. And in my mind, I'm churning, you know, thoughts and memories of the situation and the problem and the issue. And, you know, I'm like, how am I going to solve this? You know, I like to solve. I like to, you know, fix things. How am I going to do it? And it's over and over and over again. So finally, I can't sleep. I was like, well, at least... I can, you know, remember my sermon from last week and just go look into God's word. And, and look, if you're a Christian, I, I do believe this. We're going to have many, you know, here's the, the joyful good news of Christianity. we have many, probably, dark nights of the soul. Spiritual warfare is real. You know, want to seek and destroy. So I was having a dark night of the soul. So I went to God's word. Went to God's word. And, you know, just reading through it, my Bible plan, you know, come across the verse. I'm going to put this verse up on screen. Jeremiah 32, 27, it says so clearly, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too hard for me? The exact word I needed to hear. Maybe it's the exact word some of you need to hear. And I got back in bed that night, and I had this revelation. I was like, just think about Jesus. I mean, like, literally, just... Just think about Him on the cross. Just think about God, the God we just sang about, you know, creator of all, sustainer of all. Just, just think those thoughts about God and Jesus. And I began to think them consciously. I had to make a choice to think them. And, and literally, you know, the, the problem, the issue, you know, it didn't seem so big. I mean, I really, I, I could feel physically, faith-like growing in me, how great God was. How awesome, to use that word again, Jesus was. So, focus on Jesus in the midst of the dark night on the soul, in the midst of the fantastic life that you're living. Focus on Jesus. You know, I love uh, eclipses. I'm fascinated by, um, you know, just the, just the, the stars and the planets. You know, all that, that. It's very godly, but just it fills me with awe. And it's literally like, you know, you have this problem... And if Jesus just moves into your sight, you know, eclipse is the moon moving to the sun. And if Jesus moves, it looks so much differently. It's, if you've ever seen an eclipse, it fills me with awe. But move Jesus. And as a church, this is what I believe we're to do. We're to move Jesus in front of our lives, the good times and the bad, so that you focus on him. All of us have a choice. Same choice the two criminals had. Because at the end of the day, it is a choice. You can choose to focus on Him, or you can choose to focus on other things. Uh, We have to be reminded by our church family, both proclaiming it on Sunday morning, uh, in groups, in relationships and service, focus on Jesus. But also, for some of you, you need to begin to focus on Jesus. Because maybe you have this fantastic, fabulous life, but yet you're still empty. Or maybe you're in the pit and don't know Jesus as the true rescuer and redeemer Not just of your life, our world. So you have a choice to choose Jesus. To literally ask Him into your heart. And salvation happens in a moment. In a moment. And it's done. And then the church, your family, walks you in the faith. Next week we celebrate several baptisms. Several people who have asked Jesus into their heart, received Him. So I ask you now you have a choice, what's it going to be? Do you receive Jesus? Do you invite him into your heart? And for several of you others who may think you know him, when are you going to start really focusing on Jesus? And you too might need to ask him into your heart. Think about that. Pray about that. And let's focus on Jesus. Jesus. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank You for Your Word. Thank You more so for the cross, that what You have done to save us and given us uh, the power to forgive, and I pray people begin to believe that, and the power to fight the right way when we focus on You, Jesus. May this be a church that is always focused on Him because there are people that come in here that don't know Him and need to begin to focus, and there are people who think they know Him And we need to move Jesus in front of the situations and the issues of their life so that we see Him instead of the problems or instead of the good times. Help us to see you more and more clearly. Open the eyes of our heart, Lord. Open those eyes. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to our Bellwether podcast. Join us next week in our raise series as we see why it's important to be part of a local church family.